Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bond Diesel. If you are new, welcome. If you are old, welcome back. How are you? We actually have news to talk about this week. Can't wait. That's going to take up most of the podcast. I'm going to do a little bit of a content update, answer a few listener questions, and we will go from there. So there's that. Content update. Podcast sponsorships. You may have heard one or two ads before this started. Is Bond Diesel a sellout? Maybe. Does he need to justify all the time he spends doing these things? For sure. So, this is a trial basis. I'm going to give it a go. Right now, there should only be ads for Anchor and Flipboard, at least as of the recording of this uh, on the 1st of December. I'm going to, they don't have to be 30 seconds long. I'm going to keep them short. Um, I also plan on only going after things that I already like, or if I check them out and they seem like good services, I obviously really like anchor. Cause that's what I've begun using full time. I actually am not going to post to SoundCloud anymore. SoundCloud charges a hilarious amount of money, uh, in order to host, uh, all of your podcast. So I've been deleting and adding as I can uh, to SoundCloud, and it's just it's it's not worth it. The exposure isn't there. I get way more listens through Anchor, and which goes to iTunes, Spotify, Google, and all that. So Anchor, you know, I I really do believe in it. Flipboard is the other one. Um, I actually didn't know a whole lot about Flipboard. Looked into it, checked out their website, made sure they weren't into any weird stuff, and it appears they're not. And that's what we're rolling with for now. If there's other ones that pop up that I like, um, just uh, for full clarity, so far it looks like I earn about one cent per listen. So, not going to get rich off of this. It might be a few bucks a month at the most. It's uh, just to try to help out a little bit and justify the time I'm spending just a hair. Other part of content update will be Words with Bon. I post a new one, finally. Uh, it was with Bicycle of Death. Many of you know him through streaming and on Twitter and so on. Great read. I, I think it's one of the better ones I've designed and put out. I'm really happy with it. Uh, in the future, I would actually like to possibly combine the Echo Cast and Words with Bond. I uh, have started to think about maybe every time I do a Words with Bond, uh, trying to record even a, maybe a fairly short uh, Echo Cast or some kind of uh, voice segment, even if it's only maybe five or 10 minutes long, just a few questions. And uh, we'll see about that. Um, there's definitely a lot of people I would like to do follow-up Words with Bonds with. I have hit up almost everyone I communicate regularly with um, in the division dev team and com dev team. And uh, more than likely after the division two comes out, I would like to hit them up again uh, to kind of get uh, maybe a new perspective, ask some new questions, maybe even ask some questions about the original game that they're a little more able to answer, and uh, we'll see. I also plan on posting fairly, maybe weekly, maybe even a little more, some of the old episodes or some of the old editions of Words with Bond. There's some really cool ones in there, like uh, Mr. Matt Shacha, who just left the Ubisoft. Uh, we, 
we've got a few people I've really been trying to get. Uh, we have a few coming up as well. Uh, Tom Cruise Mom Shoes and uh, Mr. Cunningham himself have both completed editions. I just need to get them in, get them edited, and I will will release those in the coming weeks. So Words with Bond is coming back. Uh, I didn't realize until I released the Bicycle of Death one uh, just how popular the series is. Uh, and in hindsight, I realized was probably the series that really kind of took off and, and kind of really got things going for me. Led me to streaming and doing the things I do. Led to this podcast, really. So there's that. Content update. Stay of the game. Come on. Say it with me now. No stay of the game. We know uh, none are scheduled at the moment. We don't have a December uh, breakdown of activities yet. I'm going to throw it out there that people should be weary of how much info we're going to get this month. Uh, a majority of the people who work on this game in all facets are probably going to get a good chunk of time off this month because the countries they live in like require that. Um, I'm sure we'll get a dev blog. I really hope that dev blog involves DZ and gives us at least a tidbit of uh, what's going on with that. We will get the the next shield here in a few days. That will give us you know a little audio log once you unlock it. And uh, I, I'm just I'm just gonna throw it out there to maybe not expect too much. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but I'm really starting to guess that when when everyone returns to work in the new year, the set first second you know week of of January, that's that's what I'm expecting a lot because even in previous years with the first game, um, this was a pretty dead time of the year for the for information things like that. So just gonna throw it out there. I think everyone's expecting a, a big information bomb coming soon. Maybe there will be. I. You know, have no idea, but just uh, reading the tea leaves a bit, I'm starting to wonder if maybe there's going to be a pretty big push uh, when they all get back. So we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I am. Okay, so division news. Uh, the majority of the news I have to talk about is the dev blog. So we got a dev blog um, about the skills. Uh, the first thing I'm going to throw out there. These are not all of the skills. It detailed five of the skills in the game, and there will be more as confirmed by Thylander, and I believe a few more people on the dev team um, have, have at least uh, hinted to that, and I believe Thylander's essentially confirmed it multiple times. So don't fret. Um, your pulse still might make it in. Your shield is probably gonna make it in. I'd be kind of surprised if they completely got rid of that. Especially with uh, kind of the idea of more cover-based content. Um, I suspect the shield may become an extremely powerful skill. Even more so than it may be now. Or at least in a different way. So, chill out. There's probably There, there will be more. And I bet a few of the ones that you really want to return probably will. That said, I will jump right into the ones we know about. So, the chem launcher. Uh, we saw this during the E3 demo and during some of the footage we've seen, the trailers and so on. Uh, this is the one that fires a flammable cloud. Uh, you can fire multiple of them and chain them together. And any kind of shot or explosion or anything that goes on 
and one of those will set it off and any other clouds that have overlapped. Um, this one looks like it's going to be mostly like a status effect, kind of crowd control sort of thing, at least from the demo and what it showed. Uh, it, it's not like one-shotting enemies. Even the reds, I don't think, died just from the fire. Um, they may have. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it doesn't look like it's meant to be some one-shot you know, build or hit or whatever. So... Um, there's that one. We've seen that one a lot. Uh, one that surprised me a little bit, but maybe shouldn't have, was the Riot Foam. Uh, so it's going to be similar to the True Sun's Foam. And as right before I recorded this, uh, Eidolon Fox confirmed with Thylander, no, you cannot put so much of it on an enemy that they drown inside of it. Um, a bit disturbing, but also very informative. So um, this one I've seen people already be a little concerned about. I've seen people already starting to call this the shock turret of Division 2 because, well, it looks like the shock turret is gone, so we need to find something to complain about. Well, here it is before we know anything, <laughs> but that's fine. I, I'm totally cool with people speculating, and I think it's mostly not serious. So we'll, uh, but you know, it's it's a fair thing to say that it is a um, a skill that, in theory, in PvP, could lock you down to you know one little area sorry i yawned that's why i just talked weird um it's a skill that could lock you down to one spot without you being able to do anything about it and it could kill you uh, someone could kill you relatively easily so we'll have to see how that actually plays out when we actually play the game you know like when we can make actual opinions and thoughts about it um the oxidizer chem launcher um is interesting so it's described as a long-lasting corrosive cloud it's described as um, impacting both players and their skill items so if a player is behind cover and has a hive deployed that's healing them or has a turret above them that's shooting at you you can fire the oxidizer at them and it will do um, you know, damage over time to both um, and I believe it describes it as being long-lasting. So this may be something that you fire off and as an area denial tool or something like that um, that may do fairly significant damage um, and stick around for a while. The last chem launcher is the Reinforcer. Uh, it has a burst healing cloud. So if you fire this at one of your friendlies and hit them with it, I assume, or hit directly within their vicinity, on the blast, it appears it's going to give some kind of burst healing or burst armor repair. Then it's going to leave residue on the ground. And if a friendly is in it or goes into it after the initial shot, it appears that it will heal armor over time. So I think that there was a lot of thought that um, traditional burst healing was <laughs> kind of disappear. Sorry, yawned again. Um, and it appears that for the most part it has. Even this, this looks like it's about the only quote-unquote burst healing. And since it only impacts the armor, and I suspect it will only um, give... The, the, the burst armor, I bet, will only give a very small amount, maybe a quarter of the armor back in a burst, and then more in a heal-over-time way. Um, I don't suspect it'll be an issue, but 
I think one thing I've really been hoping for in Division 2 in the PvP side is that basically that burst healing would be gone. So this gives me a little reason to kind of, uh, you know, you know, look at it and tilt my head just a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to assume at this point that it won't be like overheal the way we get now from someone. So uh, we'll have to see about that one. But I think the whole idea of the heal over time is interesting. I'm guessing, especially with the other skills I'm going to talk about, that heal over time is going to be um, a, a big thing here. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It gives you the ability to heal, but also um, rewards someone who maybe damages you and then is aggressive. Uh, this may be one way of rewarding people and keeping them from simply just getting out uh, or sticking in cover and, and not being aggressive in any, any way, shape or form. Um, yeah, so there's the Kim launcher. Looks like it'll be kind of cool. Um, I'm curious about all of them basically, so we'll have to see. The next one is the drone. Uh, this is something that people have wanted ever since the uh, promotions for the first game. I think that there is um, some predictability with this one. We saw the first striker, the striker drone in E3 footage. So uh, it seems like it's relatively simple. You deploy it. I'm under the impression that if you get attacked, it will then uh, defend you and go after those people. Or you can order it um, using the skill button to go after specific enemies. Um, and it seems like it's you know going to be probably the most basic one. The second one is the Defender Drone, which uses a microwave blaster um, to, and again, it's not like a piece out of a microwave in your house. This is, it's using like high frequency waves to essentially deflect bullets coming at whatever target this drone defends. Um, the big downside to it is that it doesn't defend itself. So I actually, I tried to find out if there's any way to throw a turret onto this drone and make it like a super drone, uh, but apparently it doesn't and I'm stupid. So um, the other cool thing about this Defender drone is that in the same way the Striker drone can be sent to attack specific enemies, the, the Defender drone can be sent to defend um, allies or even allies uh, skills. So if someone has a turret out, you can send the drone to defend the turret. And so if someone tries to shoot the turret, the defender drone will deflect the bullets uh, unless they attack and kill the defender drone itself. So it seems like there could be some fun uh, combinations of skills with ones like the defender. The first uh, specialization specific drone um, or skill in general is the tactician drone. And it's, uh, it sounds like it's kind of like a pulse. Uh, and it's described as flying uh, to maximum elevation and giving intel on assigned areas. So I'm wondering if this drone potentially can't be countered, uh, or at least it's very challenging because uh, I suspect the animation of it is it will go extremely high up in the air and go to locations that you tell it to go and then give you a pulse-ish type of uh, readout where it shows you where enemies are, what type they are maybe. Um, I suspect that there will be a way to shoot it down. Maybe it's just going to be hard because it's so high. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if... Uh, I suspect most of the drone um, skills are going to be counterable simply by shooting them. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, the third drone, which is another one people have uh, seem a little concerned about, is the Bombardier drone. Uh, 
where you can select the begin and end of a bombing run path and the drone will come in and light it up as the as, as the kids say um this one you know is pretty simple i feel like of all of the skills this one may be the most straightforward one you tell it to go hit this certain area and it will um i've already seen people concerned about the idea of four people running this in a pvp situation and just carpet bombing an entire area um i get it <laughs> that's a bit concerning i highly suspect that uh we're not the first ones to think of that uh, but even if we aren't uh, or even if we are uh, you know, that's something I am very certain people will test once we get our hands on the game. The last drone being the Fixer drone. Um, this one is kind of interesting. Uh, so it's an armor repair or skill repair drone. Um, it, it sounds like it'll function similarly uh, to the Defender drone, except instead of uh, deflecting bullets, uh, it will actually heal the armor of an individual or heal the skill uh, that is deployed. I would say the big difference here is that I imagine, well, really with maybe both of them, the Defender and the Fixer, you can assign them to one thing for a time and then maybe reassign them to another. Uh, but it seems like these will have sort of similar intents, but I imagine they'll be used in uh, pretty drastically different ways. Um, and this one seems pretty cut and dry. It's you know you. It's just meant to fix. It's an it's it's the drone version of the reinforcer, or um, kind of like a pattern I'm seeing with all of these is that uh, this is the healing uh, skill, uh, or the healing mod of this skill. Uh, the hive is the next one. If you'll remember from E3, the hive was described as the replacement for the support station. Uh, the example of the hive that we saw in the demo um, was the one, the Stinger hive. Uh, you deploy it in an area, I believe it works almost as a mine, and you deploy it in an area and when an enemy enters the area that it's deployed in, it'll fire off little micro drones. Now when those fire off, uh, if there's only one enemy, they will all attack that enemy. If that enemy has a weak spot, the drones will attack that specific weak spot and try to pop it. So if it's a grenadier, it'll attack their bag and cause them to explode. If there's multiple enemies in the zone, the drones will split up and attack both of them. I assume dealing less damage the more people in one. If the enemy doesn't have a weak point, they will just attack the enemy in general and do probably moderate damage to them. I imagine the strength here is using this against very heavy enemies that have clear weak points like the heavy that's in the demo that has the grenade pack. And I assume this can almost take them out immediately or at least strip all their armor from them, making them much easier to kill. Or uh, like the medic, it'll pop their, um, their, res their resuscitation bag and cause them to be electrocuted. It will um, attack, like I said, the bombardier bag, the true sun that has the riot foam. It'll pop their riot foam and cause them to be encased in it. Um, the, the Stinger one seems pretty cool, and we've all seen it. The second version is the Restorer, and the Restorer Hive, um, it sounds like it's going to be the healing one. So it's going to deploy drones that will, um, instead of attacking enemies, you'll deploy this on your own, on yourself, or on your allies, and when they're damaged, it'll deploy drones that will heal their armor, uh, or restore their armor. 
Um, it's hard. I don't know yet if this is going to be like a, another boost healing, kind of like the cloud from the reinforcer chem launcher, or if it'll be more of a heal over time, maybe a bunch of little heals, um, depending on how many of the drones get deployed to one individual. You know, we just don't know yet. The third hive is the booster hive. Uh, this one uh, is kind of neat because it sounds like it works the most differently, if that's a word. Um, so you deploy this hive and I assume that any uh, fellow agents, including yourself, that are in the radius or maybe just any in general, uh, this hive will um, deploy basically a small drone that will go to and hang with your allies and yourself and will boost your stats. So these stats, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I imagine it's going to do things uh, potentially maybe like smart cover and it may give you extra damage. Um, extra crit chance damage uh, potentially it may help with stability accuracy uh, you know I, I'm assuming it's going to be some kind of uh, general overall improvement on your uh, battle effectiveness when it comes to shooting uh, and then the final hive is the reviver so what's interesting is that the restorer appears to uh, heal armor um, in the division one we have the support station that will heal you and if you die, it will bring you back. You'll you'll uh, be revived. So it seems like they've split those functionalities up, which I actually kind of like. You have to go for one or the other. Where this reviver one, uh, it appears you throw it on or before an enemy or uh, an ally goes into the down state. And this will only impact people in the down state. So you throw it at them. It'll, I assume, deploy drones that will pick them back up. It'd be really cool if they function like little shock drones and they will uh, basically kind of defib them back to life. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense if they're in the down state, but you know, we'll have to, f we'll see how they do it. But um, the cool little side part of this is before you deploy it, if you hold down the deploy button and then let it go, it can charge it up. So if you just deploy it on the uh, ally who's in the down state, it'll bring them back, I assume, with minimal health and armor. If you hold it down, it could have potentially, the longer you hold it down, give them full health. I don't know about the armor. I don't know if it's going to restore that or not. Because if you keep, you have to keep in mind this time, we're going to have an armor bar and a health bar. Um, if you think back to Halo, that's kind of what I'm seeing so far. Um, I, don't, I doubt it's going to recharge. You have to actually change your armor plate. But it's going to be the idea that you have this armor and that it can take quite a bit of damage. But once it's gone, your health can deplete extremely quickly. So we're gonna have to kind of see how the reviver hive works and i'm curious uh the next one is the seeker mine this is a well-known one with us um in the e3 demo i believe we only saw the airburst one uh, but the first one listed here was the explosive seeker mine so this one sounds like it's going to um, behave similarly to the first game where you'll deploy it um it appears that you have to designate a specific target though Back during the crazy Seeker Mine meta, I actually wanted the Seeker Mine and even the turrets to behave in a way where, if you don't know, there is a there is a tagging system in the Division One. I. I see very few, if no one, use it uh, because in a lot of ways it's not useful. I ran, I matchmake a lot with randoms, so I found it's relatively useful uh, to basically tell people in legendaries to kill the medics first. Uh, please, for the love of God, kill the medics first. Um, but on the 
On the Xbox, it's the up button on the D-pad. If you're aimed at an enemy, you can hit that and it will tag them with a number one through four. And that depends on which member you are in, um, in your group. And so what I was hoping for in the Division 1, and maybe it was a bit too much of an ask, was that Seeker Mines, um, the turret, you know, the, the flame, shock, or you know, the regular turret, the sensor turret, was that you would have to tag an enemy and then deploy, and your skill would attack the tagged enemy that you tagged. That kind of seems like the direction we're going with, with at least some of these skills. It appears some of them will behave on their own. Um, but this explosive seeker mine is going to use what appears to be a similar system. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one who wanted that from the first game. Uh, I kind of like the idea of having these really highly damaging um, skills because uh, I thought that was the whole point of the game. Uh, you know, but I'm just a silly idiot who has never PvP'd. Just kidding. Um, but we'll get past that. Uh, but I understood the issue people had with what could be a one-shot kill from something that a person hits one button. So my idea with the first game was that you would have to have some kind of skill to at least designate an enemy um, at the very least to, to make you involved in the process. And it seems like that's the direction that they're going with uh, with these skills. Um, the, it also points out that the explosive seeker mine, that there will be a short delay from the time the seeker mine arrives at its target and then goes off. So it seems that there's going to be a moment for someone to dodge away or for someone to even potentially shoot it before it goes off. So we'll have to see how, uh, how, how long the delay is and whether or not something like that may actually make it just ineffective, but we'll have to see. The Airbur seeker mine is returning from division one, except this time um, it seems like it's it's gonna be a lot different. It just does, doesn't seem like it will be a lot different at least as it's described So the best way for me to describe how the airburst works in division 2 is that instead of deploying your seeker mine and Even targeting someone or it targeting someone itself. It doesn't do either What happens is you when you deploy it? It gives you a spot that you're looking at where it's going to go and explode so you're gonna drop it, it's gonna go to wherever you select and go off. It's not gonna track anyone. It's not gonna do anything like that. So, how this works is the best way I could describe it is the way that right now, when you have a grenade, you hit the grenade button, it shows you where it's gonna land, you throw it and it blows up. So it's going to essentially be the same thing with the airburst. You select an area and then it will go there, it'll pop up in the air and explode. So what this is gonna do is it's, I assume this airburst is going to probably be the one hit kill in a lot of situations. The problem with it being is that if you deploy it and your target moves from the area you deploy it at, you're not gonna do any damage. So it's, it seems like the, the general idea with all of these skills is if it's automatic and it's damage dealing, it won't do that much damage. It'll do enough, it'll maybe do half damage or something like that, um, maybe like the explosive Seeker mine, but with something like the airburst, since it's manually controlled and can be countered basically just by moving, I suspect these are going to be highly lethal. And in combination with something like the riot foam chem launcher, or even you know, or any of these other skills that maybe uh, do like kind of have a crowd control element, that uh, it, maybe it will be most useful when used in combination with something else. The third seeker mine that we were told about is another one of the specialization specific mods. It's the Mender seeker mine that goes with the survivalist. 
Uh, this releases a gas cloud to the owner or designated target, an ally, that heals their armor. If you have it deployed and no one is hurt, it'll just wait. And when someone does get hurt, it will go and, and fix their armor for them. Uh, I suspect since it's releasing this gas or you know this cloud or whatever, that it will um, probably be a heal over time. Um, but I don't think it's specified. Um, this one kind of makes sense with the survivalist. It's helping others survive. I get it. So uh, I like it. I think that's neat. I think it's a cool... Um, I like the idea that when you get specializations, you're going to be able to pick um, a mod for these skills that's just for them, or you can just decide to take one of the other ones as well. I, I doubt that it's going to be um, you know, so powerful that you would always pick this one, but maybe it will. Who knows? The fourth Seeker Mine that we were told about is the Cluster. Again, another one that we're familiar with. The funny thing is, this is the only one where so far all four of the seeker mine mods that we already have they're just going to behave differently even the mender one uh, with the survivalist now the difference being that the cloud in the division one uh, if you know the gas seeker mine will go out to enemies and set off kind of like a nerve gas or uh, whatever and it, and it stuns them and makes them stand i actually like using that um, that seeker mine with the mdr and a sentry's mark build Anyways, um, the, uh, it's just, you know, it has a different uh, function. The cluster seeker mine this time though will be different as well, where you'll throw it. It appears that it will lock onto multiple targets automatically, but what happens is when it locks onto them and splits into the smaller seeker mines, they no longer will track. So kind of like the airburst, once you deploy the cluster seeker, it'll pop out, it'll designate its you know three four five six targets however many it has but the moment it deploys the mini seekers they no longer can track so what they're going to do is like the airburst is just go to where they were targeted and explode so if the enemy moves after they deploy they won't get hurt by it so what this tells me is that this means it'll probably the damage with this will fall somewhere between the airburst and the explosive seeker mines where the explosive seeker mine will probably only do maybe like half damage uh, the airburst will do maybe one shot damage. I bet that these cluster mines will do maybe probably more damage than the explosive, but maybe less than the airburst. That's just my guess, but we'll have to see. I think that's an interesting one because uh, in theory, if it only targets one enemy, that's going to send all of the mines to one enemy and could be extremely deadly if they don't move. So the final skill that we found out about was the turret. So the turret, uh, the first one is the assault, and this is one that we are already pretty familiar with. It has a 360 degree firing range. So what that told me, that little detail means that the other ones may not. Uh, and actually the next one, I'll specify that. Uh, but the assault turret can fire in any direction. Um, and I believe it will fire uh, when you're in combat, in the midst of combat, it will fire on any enemies it can find. Um, but that you can target which enemies it will fire at if you want to. Um, this is something that always annoyed me at Division 1. There'd be a crowd of five enemies, there'd be a heavy, and there'd be four underlings, and your turret would just fire what was closest. Uh, or I believe that's the mechanic it used. So now you can just tell it, no, don't fire at them, fire at that guy, because he's the most dangerous. Or um, maybe you want the sniper to be... Um, 
you know, to, to not pop his head up, to, to be suppressed while you take out the other enemies and then you can deal with them. Um, I suspect there'll be a suppression mechanic again in PvE, and I suspect this will help a lot. It also noted that it appears you may be able to deploy this assault turret, and if you're not in combat, say you're laying in wait for enemies to approach, or you're in some situation where you're ambushing, basically, you can deploy it, you can pick which enemy it's going to attack, but it won't attack until you're in combat. So you could set the assault drone to fire at the first enemy who's coming, then you can pop up behind cover, fire at another enemy, and they'll both be getting attacked at the same time. And if you have maybe multiple agents doing that, you could melt an entire group of enemies extremely quickly. Uh, is that a far-fetched idea? Is that really ever gonna happen? Eh, maybe not, I don't know. But in my brain, it looks super cool. Uh, the next turret is the incinerator turret. We're familiar with this one. Um, the first two here, the Assault and the Incinerator, are ideas from the first game. But the Incinerator one is the first one that changes really drastically. So what happens with the Incinerator is it's uh, like the Dragon Breath from the first game, except when you deploy it, it will show a cone in front of it where, it where it's going to spray flame. So in the current game, you deploy it and it finds enemies and shoots flame at them uh, and it tracks them. It appears that the incinerator turret will not do any tracking at all, and in fact it won't even fire on its own. What will happen is you'll deploy it facing a certain direction, and you will activate it and deactivate it, so you can turn it on and off. Or you could turn it on and just leave it go until it runs out of fuel. Um, it also mentions that it has a gas tank on it, so I'm betting that it can be shot and destroyed and potentially even hurt uh, anyone who's near it uh, on either side. But what I think is cool about it is that what this means to me is that if it's shooting in a specific arc and it doesn't track enemies, this reminds me of the Airburst Seeker Mine. That this incinerator will probably have a huge, maybe, range, or maybe the cone will be really large that can cover, and it can be a very effective um, area denial weapon. Or an ambush weapon as well. You know, it, you could point it towards an area when a bunch of enemies walk into it, you activate it, and then you start shooting, and you can get real crazy. Um, because of the limited uh, scope that it can go after, which means it can also be highly damaging. So I think this one's interesting. I'm curious to, um, as long as the deployment of it is relatively uh, easy and it's easy to make it aim exactly where you want it to, I think this could be a really neat skill, um, but maybe very situational. The third turret we found out about was the Demolitionist uh, specialization, and it's called the Artillery Turret. So this is another one that the mod will only be for one specialization. Uh, and essentially what it is, it's a, it's a mortar and division, which I think is super cool. Um, I like the idea of this. It, it talks about it's a turret that fires a projectile uh, in a very high arc that could potentially get past uh, defenses and cover and things like that. Um, I really like the idea of this one because it allows um, you to, you know, with this demolitionist, good lord, he's going to have a six-shot grenade launcher and uh, this artillery turret, if you pick it, uh, I mean, that's going to be a heavy-hitting, um, a heavy-hitting thing, and um, I actually think that's super cool, so I'm, I'm glad that we're getting some kind of skill like that. 
and I uh, am excited to see how it's balanced. I'll say that. My guess is that when you designate an area for it to fire at, it'll it'll shoot up into the air, but like a real mortar, it's going to have travel time. So I would say probably the best way to the best way to balance this one out is making sure that travel time is fast enough that it's effective but slow enough that if, you know, I assume there'll be an audio cue, maybe even something on your UI will tell you that there's a round incoming. Um, I, I think that could be pretty neat. Uh, the final uh, skill and mod that we found out about was the sniper turret. Uh, it specifies that this one is a long range semi-auto turret. So where the assault drone and the incinerator and even the art artillery probably have relatively limited ranges that you can fire them at. I bet the sniper one maybe almost has an unlimited range or it, or as unlimited as it can be as it is you know, for the agents as well. And so the way this one reads is that you, when you aim down sights with your gun, uh, when this drone is deployed, it will aim to the same destination as you. So you can deploy it on cover that's 30 feet away and be able to shoot in a target from two different angles. And I assume it's going to be relatively powerful. If it's semi-auto, it'll fire slowly, therefore it can be more powerful. It does mention, though, that there is a slight delay between when you aim and when you shoot uh, and when it does. So I imagine this is going to be one of those things where you probably don't want to be the main offensive, oper you know, main offensive agent on a team. Uh, this is something that maybe could work. Uh, as kind of like an overwatch that's what someone talked about on stream when i was talking about this uh so you don't have to be a sniper to use this you could be your main you know assaulting uh, agent but you still throw this thing up in the back of the action and as you're firing at enemies it's helping you out it's helping you melt especially the heavies uh, i i personally this is the one i'm the most excited about for no reason other than it just sounds kind of cool um but again this will be an interesting one to see how they balance that you know, the amount of delay between you firing and it firing, how quickly it gets to a target from when you aim to it. Uh, and, it and, you know, there's, again, there's going to be a balance here of it needs to get on target fast enough that it's worth using, but not so fast that essentially you're shooting at you know, potentially other agents or PVE enemies and, and basically hitting them for double damage every time. So I'll be curious about that. So those are the skills they told us about. They did, again, like I said before, that specified that these aren't all of the skills. Uh, and with other skills, I'm, I'm, you know, we know that the uh, support station is dead, at least, at least the support station as we know it. Uh, we know that I assume the first aid is dead um, because it looks like the first aid, um, the point of it has been taken over by other skills. And it seems like the whole idea of like this big burst healing is just gone. It's just not there anymore. Um, I would be very surprised if the pulse didn't return. Now, if you look at the way that they're doing these other mods, uh, I'm assuming there's going to be some kind of pulse that provides maybe some offensive benefit, some defensive benefit, maybe even some healing benefit or you know repairing benefit. We'll have to see. Um, the shield, I would be very surprised if it didn't return and i don't want uh mr uh, lieutenant buzz lightbeer to uh to feel forsaken by the game um smart cover is something i don't think we're gonna see i think we're gonna see that utility uh, because it, it makes sense in the division two because of the emphasis on cover and so on 
but I, I don't think we're going to see it return. I think we'll maybe see the, the spirit of it uh, return in some other way. Um, the mobile cover, I, I know a lot of people don't think it's coming back because they don't like it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. I, I don't know. I, I think it would be very useful in this game, or it at least seems like it would be. But, um, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see about that one. Uh, the w one other thing I thought about is that I'm wondering, you know, I think it's kind of the, the worst kept secret that there's probably going to be more specializations. I'd be pretty surprised if they had this kind of Rainbow Six Operator type of thing for the end game and they just did three and they never added any at all for the rest of ever. Um, but I'll be really curious to see if... Um, Maybe the Hive will get its own specialist mod. Maybe the the Chem Launcher will get its own. Uh, uh, maybe the Pulse. Maybe the you know the the Shield. Even um, I'm I'm excited to see what those are gonna look like. But that's kind of what I have for this one. I um, I'm excited. I, this was nice because it was the first big bit of information we've gotten about the Division Two that wasn't like basically recycled from the E3 uh, information. So, uh, you know, obviously we all want a lot more and that's there's no secret to that. Some people are more vocal than others. Some are being more patient than others. I think it's all reasonable, but I just ask that people kind of uh, be realistic about it and remember that when the information really does start flowing, um, it's gonna be overwhelming and everyone's gonna forget about this drought. <laughs> so take it easy. Uh, you know, definitely speak your mind, but maybe try to keep things a bit in perspective as well. I'm not going to do a, a speculation discussion this time for the sake of time. Uh, I think, you know, the discussion about the skills was more than enough, but I do have three listener questions. I'm going to start off with my favorite fellow person with a completely silly last name. I know the feeling. Mike Smarowski. I'm just going to assume that you are a monster who, um scares kids while they're dreaming. Uh, I'm referencing the movie Monsters, and I don't actually think Mike is a child predator, I promise. That said, and after probably losing a listener, uh, not all new skills have been revealed. Which skills do you still want to see in the Division 2 that haven't been shown yet? Mine would be the ability to call out a canine dog. Yeah, so I kind of covered a little bit the ones that we already had that I think they may still introduce. Um... So with this question, I kind of want to think about skills that uh, are new that we haven't found out about yet. So your idea with the canine dog, <laughs> ever since the first game, when there was that ability to unlock that part of the base of operations, I, I know everyone, including myself, was like, when they saw that on the list, the canine unit, we're all like, please, 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 for the love of God, let me unlock a pupper buddy. Well, that didn't happen, and in fact, the only thing you can do with dogs in the game is kill them to the dismay of most, um, and the joy of a few bizarre, disgusting few. Um, I, okay, so for real though, the canine dog, people have brought that up. It's a cool idea, but if you consider all of the implications of that, uh, basically, if that was a skill that you would have, you would have a pupper following you around everywhere all the time. Again, super cool idea. If they can make it work, I think that'd be really neat. 
I'm just going to go out on, on a limb and say that that's probably not going to happen. Now, in theory, you could deploy it and it'd be like in Call of Duty, the dog would just run out of some random area. It just, it seems like it'd probably be more complicated than it was worth. Well, reinforce, I would be happy to be wrong about this and that sounds like a super cool idea. When it comes to other things, I just don't, I don't know because it's, if we didn't have the specializations with their special weapons and stuff like that, I would say there may be skills that would be like the grenade launcher or something like that. But we already know that those things, those kinds of things are going to be covered by the um, by the specializations and the specialization weapons. So uh, honestly, I I sat and I kind of thought and I was like, man, it's, I'm glad I'm not a game designer because I'm not creative enough to come up with these things. Um, I know some people have talked about uh, some kind of play on the the cleaners and their remote control cars. Uh, kind of like a wheel-based drone that drives around and would have various uh, use. I kind of feel like the Seeker Mine covers that, though. Um, I I thought about maybe like some kind of um, like one of those driving drones that has like a turret on it or something, but you know, like a mobile turret. Uh, but that seems like it could get fairly OP fairly quickly. Um, I'm just gonna go out and say that I trust uh, trust them in the in the division team to come up with some really cool skills that we haven't thought of yet. Um, I remember from the first game that there were some skills that looked like they were gonna be available that ended up not coming that were like caltrops um, that like in medieval days they'd throw out spikes so if people or horses ran on them it would you know spike their feet and they would fall over and they wouldn't be able to run anymore things like that. Uh, you know, maybe some advanced ones, but that kind of seems like what the hive might be a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm just not creative enough for that. It's such a good question. I can't really answer it well, and I am very sorry. Uh, Derby Dog had a question of, will the new direction for skills mean that solo play will be more difficult or even obsolete? I know with raids and things, they are meant to be played against uh, or played in groups, but I also enjoy roaming around on my own. I know that they've specifically pointed out that uh, especially the 1 to 30 in the game uh, is more than able to be played uh, solo. Uh, if you want me to be totally honest myself, I 100% plan on playing the original, my first playthrough, completely on my own because that's what I like. And then I would love to jump in with other people and, and help people boost up and things like that uh, or just get to play with other people in the new game. Uh, obviously at end game, but during the one to 30, that's going to be my time. So I, I think it's definitely going to be possible, but even at end game, um, at least in the first game, I thought they were pretty good at once you had a competent build of being able to run stuff solo. Again, the raids, um, if I remember correctly, they've said at one point that the raids are the only thing you shouldn't be able to do by yourself. Uh, and that, that tells me that we'll probably have matchmaking and stuff with the raids, but that's a whole different deal. Um, I I think it'll be fine. I, I even talked about during this podcast that it seems like a lot of these skills will have a lot of utility by using them together, um, but I don't think it's going to be required. And I think that there obviously are going to be certain skills that are going to be better for people running solo. The the sniper turret, the assault turret, the, you know, the, the it seems like most of the seeker mines would be somewhat useful. The hive drone, I feel like they all will have some kind of utility as a solo player. Uh, and we never know about what the other skills are that are coming. So 
to answer the question, do I think playing solo is going to be obsolete? Absolutely not. Um, do I think there's going to be a lot more uh, encouragement to do uh, co-op? It seems that way. But I think uh, I think the solo player will still survive. Uh, and then Gustabel probably messed that up, but I appreciate you asking the question. Thoughts on what other skills might be? And what do you think, um, apart from the turret, all the other skills will have a repair heal option? Um, I kind of talked about that already, uh, but like I said, I think that the other skills may be ones that return from the first game, and I may even just need to do some research from the old 2013 stuff uh, and look and see what some of those other skills uh, were to guess and see if maybe they reach back into the bag and pull something out that we didn't get in Division 1. Um, but I do, on, on your second point there, I, I, I think that there's definitely a pattern with these skills, that the ones we know about and the ones that we don't, it seems like there will be kind of this idea of some offensive damage skill, some type of defensive skill, whether it's damage or whether it's protection like the defender drone, some kind of support like the hive that give that boosts people's stats and their, you know, their abilities, and then some type of healing. If it doesn't have all of them, it seems like it's going to have three, you know, three or two or three of them at least in each skill um, with the different mods. So, uh, yeah, I, and I like that. I think that's cool because it seems like at least so far that they all have their advantages and disadvantages and how they're deployed. How So, I mean, and, and the th thing with the healing and support is it seems like they're going to work the same as the damage that the more manual the healing skill is the more it will heal and the more automatic it is probably the less it will heal uh, things like the hive healing will probably be fairly minimal where the chem launcher heal may be a lot bigger because you have to do it yourself and actually hit you know what you're trying to heal so that's what i have thanks for the questions i very much appreciate it if you have more questions feel free to ask me on twitter or discord the link to the discord and to my twitter should be in the description or somewhere below where you're watching this. Uh, the EchoCast is on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube if you want to check it out, uh, other than where you're listening to it now. Um, if you want to support, you can do it on Anchor as a supporter. It's kind of like a Patreon type of thing. You go to the Anchor website and you can see it there. Or on Twitch through subs, bits, and tips. Completely up to you. Not mandatory, but I do appreciate it and it does help me uh, reach the goals we're, re we're going towards. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch as Bondiesel. I'm on Instagram as Bondiesel underscore Twitch. And there it is. Thank you very much for listening. I very much appreciate it. Uh, and with that, until next time. <laughs>